The Dode Fox Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Dode Fox Podcast. I'm Paul, he's Ronnie. I've been to the pumping station and he's waiting on Hobbycraft reopening. A huge thank you to Graham Payne for being our guest last week and taking us through his United career. Join the conversation on our socials. We are at Dode Fox Podcast on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Coming up on this week's episode, Robbie Nielsen, allergic to the Premiership. On this day with the Arab Archive, and the man who scored the goal to bring home the Scottish Cup in 94, Craig Brewster, is our special guest. It's all coming up in episode 52 of the Dode Fox Podcast. I'm Andy McLaren. Welcome to the Dode Fox Podcast. So welcome back to the Dode Fox Podcast as we round off our first year of this wee thing, episode number 52, Paul. And hey, thankfully nothing has happened, nothing's been sprung on us as we record this at 6.30 for the second time on Sunday evening. Talk to me. I'm in a state of shock. Uh, I should be settling, didn't I? Continue watching Super Sunday on the box. But uh, yeah, this, this breaking news has caused all our nonsense that we had spoke about previously to we've just had to bin it and we've got to got to speak about this it's uh, it's the most pressing matter it's literally just happened uh, within the last hour or so uh, it looks it would appear that we have lost our manager two of all teams hearts now for the uh, the episode that we had we were just about to record on this day right so we were right at the end of the episode and all came in, and we had a nice, we had a nice moan about Hearts during that, and the shambles of them wanting eight million, and now they're wanting our manager. Or by the time you've listened to this, I've got our manager, as it's uh, you know, when something breaks like this, and that many outlets, journals follow it and say it's happening, and there's only maybe one or two saying. It's maybe been denied. I mean, we've all said player powers there. I think it's probably the same for management or head coaches. You know, if they want to go, they can go, but it's going to come with conversation, all this kind of stuff. What, what's your first reaction? How did you first feel when we saw this news? I mean, granted, we've been in a bit of shock for about 35. Well, at six o'clock, we put the post up saying, Craig Brewster's a special guest. It's an automated post. It was already set to go out. And lots of people did say, you know, have you got time to... Uh, to change it well we were doing it later on tonight because we had uh, something else on today so uh, this is the reason it's come it's come pretty good time because we would have had to scrap it for news like this um, so Craig Brewster will be on and hopefully you do enjoy it because it's a good chat um, I kind of mind if he mentions anything about Robbie and that but some stories like that might come up over the next couple of weeks so we'll see how it goes but what was your reaction you know 45 minutes ago or whatever when we seen it I was just absolutely stunned. It's just, it just came out of the blue, certainly for me anyway. Uh, and the initial reaction when you hear, because the, the, the first thing that we saw getting sent to group chats was Hearts have been denied permission to speak to Robbie Nielsen. Now, whether or not that's true, I don't know. But even if that was the case, Robbie Nielsen still got a, like a, a powerful position there. He could always hand in his notice or say he wants to speak to them. Uh, and who knows what exactly has happened behind the scenes? It's 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 maybe even come out of the blue to the club. Uh, that's the way it appears anyway, because there's no been any talk of this at all. And uh, 
yeah, by the time you're all listening to this, it, it could be as as much a, of a done deal, you know. Mm. We, we are we're kind of speculating at, at this precise moment in time, but everything points to the fact that he's away. <sighs> it, it, of all teams, of all teams, it's the team that won eight million for being shite all last season. Yeah, but then that's gonna if, if they're asking for an eight million pound compensation claim, this this kind of help their cause because they're they're not going to get Robbie Nielsen for nothing. I mean, I don't know if he's got a clause in his contract that says he can go to a different team uh, for a set price or Still whatever. Still got two years on his have. deal, remember? Exactly. Yeah. So we we can. I mean, we kind of force him to stay if he wants to go. He's going to go, but then we will be entitled to a level of compensation. Mm-hmm. And whether or not that's the same amount as what we would have had to pay him for the next two years, I don't know. I don't know how all that sort of stuff works out. But uh, it's extremely disappointing. And I know that Robbie had some people that thought he was great, some people that thought his football wasn't the best. Uh, personally, I liked him. Uh, he was brought in to do a job. Uh, mission accomplished. He'd done that job. And uh, everything was everything was positive. Everything was good off the field. We've, or on the face of it, off the field, it was all, all good as well. We've alluded to that a few times. So this this has come like a bit of a, a kick in the plums, to be honest with you. I think it's something, I mean, it's certainly come out of, of nowhere. You know, no rumours or anything. It's, you know, whether it's, I don't know, say they make their approach yesterday and it's chatted about the day and then it's going through. I mean, I don't think these things happen right away. You know, but mm-hmm. it, it's... You know, there's one thing, but again, you know, people have, have, have pray. I think Tony Asgar said it when he was on with us as well, that he said, you know, um, Robbie Nielsen was here before the Ogrens came in, but he was very much someone that they wanted. Robbie Nielsen told us that it was a job he wanted with United. It was a job he was looking for. Now, he wasn't he wasn't the owner's man. I, I get that, right? And last season, there was a lot, like you mentioned, a lot of negativity at some times, you know, um, I mean, I'll never be forgotten. We went to Queen South and helped four goals, and there were some bad performances and stuff, you know, and for for everything else that goes with it. But this is them; they can bring their man in. Now, the worries. I mean, I don't think an unknown manager is going to come in. I don't think that for one, you know. But you look back, and it is job done. The the we didn't go up last year. But the season just completed. We've managed to do it. We're a stronger squad. We've built a stronger squad. But we've very much built his squad. Like he had, that was now his team. Don't get me wrong. People like Cammy Smith unfairly dealt with some will say, or he wasn't good enough, some other people will say, that's by the by. He might then get a chance. But you look at some of the other players maybe that were brought in. I think that players like, you know, Connolly, Reynolds, whatever, Liam Smith, they're all play, they'll play for anyone. They're, they're, they're a team, they're real team players. And I think it is a collective team. But if you get someone that come, wants to come in, now bear in mind, we're speaking on this, right now it's 10 to 7 and uh, it's no confirmed. There's no any confirmation that's happening, but we're pretty much going on the basis that most of the papers have said he's going or he's gone, you know, whatever. So, as players, you're obviously going to feel relatively probably disappointed especially if the managers brought you in and gave you gave you this but if a new manager comes in what are we doing are we just getting the checkbook out again you know mm. for boys going here here there and everywhere come on yeah 
it's it's just so disappointing on so many levels. You know, the, the right. I know to touch on your point, you said that Robbie Nielsen wasn't brought in by the Ogrens, and that that's that's true. But he's been very well backed by by the chairman and and his son. There's nobody can deny that. You know, they've fully supported him. They've signed pretty much any player that he's wanted. I would imagine they've gave him a decent contract. They've gave him. His assistants, his coaching staff, decent contracts. Our squad, when this pandemic all started, we had probably the least amount of players out of contract because everybody was tied up. You know, every everything was positive. Everything was building towards the future. And uh, even even just a couple of days ago, when we've put in a bid for uh, Kevin Nisbet, it's, I mean, is that is that going to happen now? I mean, even if, it, even if it has been knocked back, you would imagine that we would have still went back in, but is that going to happen? Or is is he going to end up at Tynecastle? Uh, you just don't know, but it's it just feels quite disappointing. Just now, it really does. The weird thing was, you mentioned Kevin Nisbet there, and I thought, oh, we've discussed this, but we've obviously scrapped that part of, uh, of what was involved. And, jeez. <laughs> oh. So, uh, for everything going on, Scottish football's a laugh, isn't it? It's a right laugh. No, so, I'm not laughing much tonight. <laughs> so, I've, again, we're keeping an eye as we do this. It's kind of like live things we're doing here because I'm constantly refreshing Twitter and looking at my phone and, and whatever else. Um, some people are saying, you know, does it show a lack of ambition? You know, does he not want to be in the Prem? Um, it must have been a pretty packet for him. You know, for everything like that and you know a dick move which is it's fine I mean, there's a boy called Richard in it um it, it's one of them does he feel he left he's got unfinished business but this is the same club that threw that flew a plane across and said Nielsen out you know? yeah but Anne Budge didn't fly that plane she didn't uh, hire that plane that was some of the punters uh but well that's he's just going to hit a deal with that if he if he goes there I would imagine I mean, let, let's no bullshit anybody here. Hearts are a bigger team than Dundee United, okay? In my heart, nobody's bigger than Dundee United, but Hearts are a bigger team than Dundee United. So on that basis, I would imagine that they could afford to pay him, if not a lot more, certainly a wee bit more than what we pay him. Uh, he knows the club. He, I mean, he'll have his reasons for it. Me being... Me being a, a speculative fan, I'm assuming that he's went there for more money and his weekly salary. And if that's the case, so be it. Also, if he doesn't want to be at Tannadice, so be it. You know, but you don't want any... We're looking for volunteers, no hostages. Mm-hmm. So he's just got to... He's got to live with that decision. And I'm sure he will because, I mean, we've had Robbie on here. He seemed like a nice enough lad, but it's just... Uh, yeah, it's still it's still, because it's just happened. It's literally just happened. I've not had time to process too many thoughts on the whole thing, other than just the overwhelming disappointment of it and it being so much out of the blue that it isn't true. But then that could lead us on to speculating about who could possibly come in to replace them. So just before we get into the names of uh, replacements and stuff, so uh, just a wee search of. Um 
of of Robbie Nielsen really. So looking at just some of the, the kind of journal and the thing is I'm repeating things people are, are probably reading, you know, yesterday as you as you obviously listen to this, but um don't expect Hearts' negotiation with Dun United over Robbie Nielsen to last long. Deal close to being done. The deal is now done. That was nine minutes ago, which, you know, as we recall this, is quarter, or about quarter to seven. It was it was done. Nielsen is the new Hearts boss. Everything agreed, I'm told. Interesting. Uh, someone else has said, um, putting aside Robbie Nielsen's affinity with Hearts, you can't help but wonder what reassurances they have given him to jump ship and leave Dundee United. First question he'd need answered is which division they expect to be in next season. The next one, how much power and money he'll have at his disposal to take a machine, uh, a machete to that bloated, uh, expensive squad, which is true. Uh, and on the one we just recorded, I think we did mention that. And a third question, or perhaps a follow up to the second one, maybe whether the club have any plans to bring in a new director of football above them. That's a lot to happen on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> yeah. A, again, other people are saying, surprise, it's only took one day to do all this. You know, but again, and people have said that uh, it got it got knocked out. United threw it out. So is that because uh, it was thrown out? But now he's now having a, to to then leave because if the club have said no, you kind of speak to our head coach. As he then just yeah, well, went, I would imagine. I would imagine we're not interested in in uh, allowing anybody to speak to Robbie Nielsen, no. especially not Hearts because they have just they're trying to take us to court. <laughs> Why would we want to play games with them? You know, it's it's just an absolute shocker. And as you touched on, uh, Scottish football, unbelievable. It just keeps serving up stories that you don't want to to know about. It's it's un it's unbelievable. It's, it's that's the only word I, I, I can I can come up with. I I didn't think mm. on the twenty first of June we'd be worried about Robbie Nielsen leaving. I firmly, I f- hugely expected him to lead us in 1st August. Didn't I think that? Five o'clock the night. <laughs> also true. Just, just an absolute... Yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, to be like... It's the disruption that it's causing. You know, the disruption, like we, we won the league, we got promoted. Hopefully. I thought you were about to say because uh, we'd already recorded the episode. No, no, that's that's like a minor detail. That doesn't that doesn't mean shit in the grand scheme of things. But like since since we've been promoted, we've lost Mal Brannigan behind the scenes, who was quite a big figure. We've then we've we've apparently now lost our manager. Mm-hmm. We might lose our coaching stuff if if it pans out the way that it does a lot of the times when managers leave clubs. Uh, it's just something that nobody could have foreseen coming. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think when you uh, Google the name, or you put Robbie Nielsen in a, in a Twitter, you obviously get some Hearts fans uh, mm-hmm. reaction um, w- with them saying, you know, let's all pretend the last six years didn't happen. Welcome back, Robbie. You know, which some fans you might have to win over. I think it's the same uh, all over the place. Listen, if it's done, and he and he's he's gone right now. It's we've nothing official in front of us yet, but it, it looks pretty much that that's what's happening. So replacements is where uh, where we need to go. I think certainly, I don't know. I I would think the club probably don't have a name right now. 
uh, I firmly expect uh, No wonder uh, No, uh, you know, so I would firmly expect, you know, Lee McCulloch gone for us to take training and whatever um, Names And this is just looking on Twitter, right? So I'm going to throw these at you first before maybe you can have a think or, or what your what your thoughts are Tommy Wright First name that came up First one I've seen Yeah, it's probably going to be uh, near the top of a lot of people's lists yeah, because he's out. He's out of work. Uh, although when he left, I think it was believed that he was probably going to end up the new Northern Ireland manager. But I don't think that's ever happened yet. So he's out of work. He wouldn't cost anything. That would uh, probably be a popular choice. Next one, Craig Levine. Mm. Splitting opinion on Twitter. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. He was very good for us first time around uh, because he he took the club by the scruff of the neck, basically, and he he changed things. You know, he made it he made it better. He put us in a better position. Uh, on the face of it, we're in a we're in a no bad position just now. So I don't think that we need that sort of manager to come in to to do what he does. But because like the last the last season at Hearts, uh, he wasn't a, he wasn't a great was he? Let's be honest. Uh, so I probably wouldn't be behind that. But again, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, big dunk. But if we can get him on this podcast, if that's part of the deal, I'd, I'd be all for big dunk. I wouldn't imagine big dunk's going to be leaving Everton anytime soon. He's an absolute hero down there. Uh, he probably earns quite a, a sizable wage as well. Uh, I would be interesting, but I mean, what, what has he got? Two, three games managerial experiences. It would be, it would be a, a bit of a gamble, I think. So I'd be very surprised if Big Dunk was in in their thinking. Billy McKinley, uh, possibly. Was he not in for the last time? Did he not get an interview? I don't know. Don't know. Uh, I'd be making up if I said. Anything. I don't know. I think he's a, I think he's a good coach. I think he's a good coach from what I, from what I know. But uh, yeah, I don't know much about him as a manager. As a player, superb. Uh, but I don't know much about him as a manager. Hmm. Liam McCullough really is it? He wasn't successful at Kilmarnock. Uh, maybe his strengths lie as a coach. Plus, the elephant in the room with Liam McCullough is that. There's who's to say he's not going to end up at Tynecastle with Robbie Nielsen. Correct. So, uh, but yeah, you don't know. I mean, he's there. He knows all the players. Uh, maybe if if we offer him a manager's position before Hearts offer him a coach's position, he would maybe be inclined to take it. I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. Right. I'm going to throw some names I've just seen on Twitter. Literally posted two minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, journalist Scott Burns. Robbie Nielsen has told Dundee United he wants to speak to Hearts. United have reluctantly given permission, subject to a six-figure compensation package being agreed. United knocked back the initial approach, but Nielsen made it clear he wants to go. And that was literally just published two minutes ago. Yeah, so that that makes sense. uh, Because United would not be looking for him to, to leave and they wouldn't even be wanting him, anybody speaking to him. But as I said a few minutes back, like Nielsen 
we say the players have got all the power, but Nielsen's got the, the power here as well. If he, if he wants to resign, he can resign. You know, you're done a paying him a king's ransom, you know, and Hearts will be able to offer him a wee bit more. So uh, it would, it'll be interesting to see what the compensation figure is. But Hearts are doing well for a team that's got no money. <laughs> and I want an eight million. <laughs> and they don't care what league they're playing in. Huh? I mean, like saying, you know, you're, you're two year, you're looking at a, you know, two year, he's got two years on his contract. So right away, you're looking for that to be paid up and whatever else, yeah. you know. Yeah. <sighs> Bare minimum. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, we, we, we don't know what he's, what he's earned or whatever, but you'd be looking for, I don't know, a good, I don't know, let's just say quarter million because it's easier to work out. It's quarter million. You know, and all yeah. that. And uh, Paul mentioned this on the episode that has been scrapped, but uh, there's an early payout, you said, for Premiership clubs. It's about 600 grand, isn't it? And 660,000 pounds, yeah. You know, so given all this the shite that's going on with Hearts and we don't know what's going on or or anything like that, you know, with they're obviously, you know, coming up for their demand or their money or all this crap uh, and we obviously have had to then we were served touch on what you mentioned earlier so this week all this come out we've had to release a joint statement you know because we're yeah. effectively working and planning as a premiership club now we a head coach it seems but you know yeah so Hearts Hearts put this resolution forward for like a 14-10-10-10 uh, the, the league then asked clubs to give an indication of how they would vote for that if they were open to that suggestion it was obviously knocked back because there was only 16 clubs that voted or said they were in favour of it out of 42 so that then led to Hearts serving legal papers on United, Wraith and Cove and Cove were actually one of the teams that voted for the reconstruction and all the clubs then have seven days to respond to that Hearts and Partick have then essentially they've kind of asked the judge to scrap all promotions and relegations and maintain the status quo as of the time when the league was stopped. Uh, if they fail in their attempts, then they to get back to the top flight, that is when they would seek compensation. So they would be looking for £8 million compensation. Partick would be looking for £2 million. That would have to be the clubs that would pay that. It would have to come out the the pot. Now, I've no idea how they reached that total. And if their case gets that far, they would have to evidence exactly how they have reached that amount. Uh, and as you touched on a wee minute ago, uh, in early August, Sky make their first payment of the TV contract to the SPFL. It's just over 12 million, I think. So it's each each team in the top flight gets 660,000 uh, pounds. But theoretically, a judge could uh, potentially arrest that money if Harps were to be awarded compensation. Uh, just touch on, I mentioned the thing Scott Burns had, had tweeted. So looking at the article uh, that's been published, you know, Dundee United reluctantly given Hearts permission to speak to Robbie Nielsen after head coach made it clear he wanted to speak to his former club. Uh, Tandai's club had refused Ann Budge's initial approach but were left stunned when their boss told them he wanted to hold talks with Tynecastle Club. Uh, United owner Mark Ogren made it clear to Nielsen that if he was to speak to Hearts, then there was no returning to Tannadice. Their championship winning boss was adamant that he wanted to hold talks with Hearts and at that point Ogren made it clear that he only wants people who are 100% committed to Dundee United. That I have to applaud if that is the stance being yeah. taken and rightly so. Yeah, and I would like to think that Robbie would understand that. I mean, there's a bit, as disappointed as I am 
I understand why somebody would want to go and earn more money if, if that's what it's all about. And yeah, Hearts are a bigger team, but right now, everything's in place for us to be challenging at the right end of Scottish football if we get if, if we appoint a decent manager, I suppose. Uh, so everything was everything was looking good. Everything was was rosy, you know. So if he's if he's off for more money, then I, I kind of get it. I kind of get it, but it's still a bit of a shock. Yeah, I mean that 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 is the thing. It's shock. I think we're we are uh, we are dealing with. Mention some of the names there. Obviously, is there someone you're particularly drawn towards out of those names, or is there a type of or Andy in particular that you would like or similar to? Or uh, I know it's hard because we are. This is just lumped on us, but yeah, I, I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know because if you get a certain type and that types maybe the polar opposite of Robbie Nielsen. Do we have the players to play that sort of system? Mm. And as you say, there'll be some players, some players will be absolutely devastated about this. Mm -hmm. And some players will be thinking, oh, cool, this is a fresh start for me. I might get an, I might get the nod for a, a starting jersey here. Your Kami Smith, your Adam King, they're, they're starting with a clean slate. So, uh, no, off the top of my head, like obviously Tommy Wright, he's the standout name uh, because... He done. He worked wonders through in Perth, uh, but I, honestly, I I can't think of anybody else just now. What's um? What one other point that's just been made on Twitter as well is uh, Hart's been able to presumably afford a decent six figure sum in compensation for Robbie Nielsen. Will be interesting news for all the players and staff who had to take significant pay cuts for the last few months. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Do Do you think? And this is hypothetically speaking, right, Paul? Because again. You know, anything we had researched and spoke about already is in the bin. Um, if Robbie Nielsen goes and we get a quarter of a million, right? I'm just throwing that out there. And then Tommy Wright comes in. It's not a bad transfer deal, is it? <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. Money-wise in the current situation? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you'd, you'd probably take that. You would probably take that. But uh, again, everything's still literally just happened as we keep saying. Uh I'm just still trying to process it. <laughs> I really am. It's uh, as far as things that have came out of the blue in my lifetime. This is right up there. Uh, so yeah, I think Tommy Wright. I wouldn't. I'm not saying it would be an upgrade because I think Robbie. I personally think he was a good manager, uh, but Tommy Wright's a good manager as well. So I don't think it would be a downgrade at all. It's it just an absolute. I mean, we were so close to finishing the podcast and then it just went mental, uh, which is really, I tell you what's unusual about it. Um, we usually record quite early on a Sunday. We usually record like midday. I say early on a Sunday, like we're hungover and that most of the morning, but we usually record like, you know, midday, whereas today, just purely because we were doing something else, we we done it a little bit later. And then this is, I just kind of process it. I really can't. But I also, and this, I'm not talking bad of the, he's just won the chat. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm disappointed yet. I may be disappointed in the way it's happening, if he's the one who's saying yeah. it, but I very much bar yeah. what our chairman's done. I, I just, I don't know if I'm disappointed that he's gone. When we spoke to him, he was great. You called him out on the elbow right away. We had a great laugh about it. You'll hear other stories about Robbie News in the next couple of weeks and stuff and things like that and we have a laugh about it, right? 
a lot he'll, he'll always go down as the man that got us out of the division I get that in the circumstances and whatever he's done that is this shite of course it is of course it is but it's not in the middle of the season it's not early in the season after eight games because who's to say that maybe behind the scenes during the last season he might have been a few games away for losing his job we don't know we don't know one thing is for sure the extent of that contract is work is working out here you know yeah. this contract would have been up mm-hmm. it's a big test coming up for uh, Mr Ogren and, and Scott as well because although they never selected Nielsen like they, they might feel that they got lucky they came into a club with a decent manager so they didn't have to I mean that's that's a big thing that you have to get right at a football club you have to try and get the right manager they're now going to have to decide on who the best manager is now obviously Tony Asgar will have contacts coming out everywhere but uh, it is a very very tough decision and we're going to have to try and get it right it's too much money at stake now you know they've made they've made their way into the top flight that's where the money is in Scottish football relatively it's no loads and loads of money but that is where in Scottish football the money is and uh, if you want to at least stay there you're going to, have to get this appointment right mm. Uh, someone else saying um, Levine and uh, Levine and Peter Houston <laughs> bring back the well, feather. Um, yeah, they big, could at and the DeLorean. I've seen so many pictures of uh, of Big Dunk on the timeline in that vintage kit. I may add, yeah, looking I, spectacular. I, I don't know what I, I was waiting to say. I don't want to say I'd be amazed. I would be amazed if mm. Big Dunk. Mm-hmm. was to even be in the reckoning because he must I don't know what he gets paid but he'll be on a tidy sum weekly down at Goodison weekly yeah I would think that as well see what moves like this the whole compensation I wonder if it's the things that you can say you know you can approach players and all this kind of stuff I mean it'll be interesting to test the nerve but I think that's where you know there's um, there's certainly more you know, we're not selling MD because I don't. I mean, I don't see Hearts coming up with three million for Lawrence Shankland. You know, if they did, I'd be amazed. You know, um, but th- that might go in our favour that they're in the league below us. Hopefully, it's better fucking happen. I'm telling you. Yeah, that's yeah. that's something. I'm that's something to better happen. <laughs> <laughs> and I tell you what, wait till you get his reaction at Tanadice for whenever that happens yeah. that'll not be good I, I mean know, don't get me wrong I'll pat him on his back I'll pat him on the back when he keeps Dundee down because that's a laugh but you know at the same time I'll kind of applaud if Dundee pumped him in the championship <laughs> but he, that's that's not even something that'll cross uh, Robbie's mind I wouldn't imagine no can't see it um, John Daly and Sean Dillon dream team uh, Porsche, mm-hmm. Pochettino's yeah. out of work I quite like that. That's always quite funny, that. Um, but yeah, just, just sort of looking at the, uh, you know, looking at the statement and if Mark Morgan said, you know, if you made it clear if he wants to speak to them, there's no returning. I get it. I'm with it. I'm totally behind that 110%. Absolutely 110%. You know, yeah. uh, it has been, you know, a monumental shocker of of a, of of an evening of uh, of recording this and uh, you know is it one of your these... anniversary podcast <laughs> whenever I thought this would happen <laughs> no 
I know, and Mental. you know what as well? We spoke to Craig Brewster a couple of weeks ago about it uh, 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 when we we done the interview you're going to hear and uh, we were excited as fans and stuff and like that and I'm pretty sure he talks positively about Nielsen and whatever so you're going to have to get used to some nice things being said about him because he generally is nice, you know. Nielsen, when he spoke to us, was great and um, it's just one of these, uh, one of the uh, shitty things that, that happen in football. On, unfortunately and it's kind of like what the uh, you know it's always said you, you, you always remember the badge before the name on the back and all this kind of stuff and it's true you know no one's bigger than the club uh, I firmly believe that no, um, no that's very true and uh, you know what he got us out of the league the four before five or six before that didn't save us from relegation or didn't get us up or or whatever and you know it's a uh, a clean a clean a clean slate and you know, uh, somebody will get the opportunity of a Premiership Dundee United with a good squad. Of course, uh, sir, we're, we'll be an attractive proposition. You know, it might be a case that we just invite applications because there might be somebody that comes up that you're just not even thinking of, no on the radar, because we are, as you say, we've got, we've got good owners uh, and they're willing to back the manager, so people will see that. Mm-hmm. We've got a good squad, got a good infrastructure, training base and everything, top league. It's an attractive place to be these days. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of kind of, kind of wait until they wheel out Pep Guardiola. <laughs> He's bored at Man City. Bored. Yeah. Well, what has he got left to achieve? <laughs> He's never won the SPFL, has he? No, he's, he's not. He he hasn't. Oh, it's, there we go. You know, it's just been uh, it's been an absolute shocker for what it is. It's just given everything else that's going on. Like this whole Hearts debacle, fourth time of of trying to get something done. And again, I, I'm, I'm always mentioned about the the episode that we did just record, but you mentioned in there as well that, you know, uh, it's the this is the fourth time X, you know, how many percent voted against it the first time, then it was this, then it was in the 14 clubs. You know, we've been through it for a fourth time. I mean, I am desperate more than ever for them to be doing. You know, I was <laughs> I, I was half open to a fourteen team league because I'll give you, Tyne Castle's a good away day, but yeah. I hope that I hope they're doing now. I can hope they're down now, like <laughs> you know. Ah, uh, you're so, a better man, Castella. I, I no, you know what? I am, I am because I'm just a little bit pissed off, but I'm sure a lot of people are. Uh, there's going to be a lot of names in the frame. I I don't feel as a club, it's not a decision we have to rush into because the league's not due to start to the 1st of August. Um, I think it will be interesting if uh, he, McCulloch and Forrest follow. They might, who knows? One thing I did like uh, about Robbie Nielsen and he mentioned it to us and he's mentioned it before is there were two new guys to work with because he wanted new ideas. I liked that about him. You know, he wanted to do something a little bit different. I think the only one of the pressing things could be that we could play maybe quicker football, maybe more attractive football uh, at times this season. You know, but, but again, you're still going to look at the black marks of Ayr, Aloha, Queen of the South. You know, but that's not just going down and being poor once or twice. There was a there was a few in there, but some days when we got it right, we were we were we were superb. You know, played some great stuff. But someone's going to come into a good squad 
probably any manager worth their salt knows we need more wide players. They know, I mean, you can see that a mile off, you know. And um, and again, I don't think there was a lot of players needed. You know, I think that was the wings needed. Well, we bit a backup here and there, but we we said it last week. You know, when we we're going through teams, how much more do we need? Yeah, well, I think I think that the squad that we have is probably, in my opinion, good enough to stay up. But I don't think it would be good enough to take that next step. And I think it's the next step that the club are looking to take. And also, now that we've bid for this uh, Nisbet character. What's the chances of him signing? When would you sign for a club that doesn't have a manager? How do you ken that you're going to be in the boys' thoughts? Regardless how how good the guy is, we all know he's a good player, but he just might not fit in we we another manager style. You just do not know. It's it's as I've said umpteen times so far. It's come completely out of the blue. It's an absolute shocker, and uh, it will all come out in the wash. We will find out in the days to come what's happened, what's going to happen, who the new man's going to be. If it gets me into the ground when the season starts, I'll up for the job. I'll throw my name into the hat. Let's uh, let, let's let's draw a line under it because again, yeah. I imagine you know probably by the time we finish recording, you know, there might be an announcement, a statement, uh, an unveiling. Who knows? We we don't know. Um, well, I'm very excited about our special guest. Yeah, this week a legend, uh, a legend, and hopefully some uh, uh, a bit more of a better way of what's been the past half hour of us going on about Robbie Nielsen. Uh, our guest this week uh, is a man whose goal ended the Hamden hoodoo. So our guest this week on the podcast is one of Dundee's own, one of our own as well, Craig Brewster. How are you, sir? Very well, boys. Great to speak to you. Hey, you too. Uh, Craig, we're going to look back at all the, the bits we can. We, obviously, 94 will be high on, on our list as well. But take us back, born and raised in Dundee, grew up a United fan. Take us back to your earliest footballing memories and first game you were maybe taking to and how this come about, your love affair with United. Well, I was uh, a young boy. I got spotted playing in the park, the local park, uh, Muirhead and Burkhill Park. And uh, McAlpine Thistle uh, signed me uh, under 11s. There was no under 10s, 9s, 8s back in those days. It was under 11s that started and I was seven and a half years of age. And uh, played at Adler 1. That was my my debut at seven and a half years of age and (laughs) and, uh, absolutely loved it. So uh, as the years went by, uh, there was two scouts Doug Cowie, uh, who was in uh, Dougie and uh, You'll get there. It's on the tip of your tongue, I could tell. <laughs> Davy Small, Davy Small and Doug Cowie, sorry. Uh, those two were, honestly, they hounded uh, the, the parks of Dundee looking for talent, honestly. They were Two fantastic guys, so loyal to Jim McLean. It was unbelievable. They gave they gave so many hours to the club uh, to try and find young kids, and uh, you know they were absolute diamonds. So they'd uh, they'd mentioned to my dad uh, about coming along, uh, and 
they invited me. I was absolutely delighted when my dad told me. And uh, from then on, that was probably, I was probably near about 11 years of age. Went along and uh, I was training then uh, midweek at the Kingsway Tech. Walter Smith was the coach. Walt, mm-hmm. Walter, was, Walter was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And, uh, you know, just the, every week, the basic, uh, the basic skills got us doing control, pass, control, pass, move. And, uh, you know, I think teaching, teaching kids early, both feet, uh, so important. You never, you never really lose it after that. So over the years, uh, Jim McLean used to come in on a Wednesday night and watch training as well. And uh, when, when I was 12, he signed me as an S for him. But you were, in those days, it was 13 you could sign. But he signed me and kept it in the drawer for a year. And uh, so when, when you become a, an S form at Dundee United, you get, a, you get a card with your name on it. So you got in three on a Saturday. So the old, the old enclosure, that was where uh, I used to take my dad. And uh, many, many a happy day, especially you're looking back to Dundee United in the eight. Just an incredible team. Unbelievable. You know, the, the Dundee United, Aberdeen dominated that uh, football for, for parts of the 80s. You wouldn't, n- nobody still probably believes. But uh, it was, uh, to witness that was was really good. You know, the, the team Dundee United produced from McAlpine in the goal, you know, quality players, Goff, Hegarty, Neri, Malpass, Bannon, Sturrock, Milne, Dodds, yep, Boney, Billy Stark, just what a team. See, and yeah. that, Craig, sorry to interrupt there, but do you have a memory of the 83 Premier League win then? Would you, were you there? Did you get sneaky in? Or what's your memories of that time? Well, I can't remember why I wasn't at the final day at Dens. I don't know if I was playing in a schoolboys game or, or something. But, uh, you know, I was at uh, every cup. Fi- another game I missed was the League Cup final at Dens. Mm-hmm. I missed that. But I was at five Scottish Cup finals. I was at St. Mirren game where we lost on the Saturday, lost on the Wednesday, the Wednesday night. That was... Yeah. That, that, that that those two games in the space of five days, honestly, is uh, what an what an achievement it could have been. It could have been an incredible end to to a year. You mentioned Jim McLean turned up to training. Andy McLaren told us that when Jim McLean turned up, now he went down to Glasgow to see him at the start. As soon as you seen Jim McLean's car, the level in training went up a notch. Same for you, but again, you've got Walter Smith looking over you at the time. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when uh, you always felt you could sense, you could sense he was there. You know, <laughs> that was, that was uh, what we Jim uh, just oozed. That uh, never smiled. You know, just came in and had a watchful eye over everybody. And uh, my my granddad at the time used to take me to training, and uh, my granddad then 
was a big blue nose. And McLean and, and him had, you know, real real banter. And uh, to the always said to this day, when my granddad died, Jim McLean went to his funeral. So uh, absolutely, you know, different class. Has he ever? Uh, did he ever forgive Jim for moving down the road? No, that we are caring, but. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was that long. It was that long ago, you know. <laughs> so you're an S form. You're in an S form. You're there for what seven or eight years, but then you got released. Yep. What happened? Well, they said I wasn't. I wasn't quick enough. So that's what. That's why I wasn't getting taken on full time. Now, I was then signed part part time. So I I did I did some extra studies at the Kingsway Tech. You know some other. Levels, uh, know that I like that, but so I could go into Tannadice basically nearly full time, but I was on a part time wage. So when the boys had jobs to do, I used to say, See you, boys, <laughs> that, that, that was the only good thing. <laughs> and, and, and then, then I got a job with Rembrandt Builders Merchants. So I, I then started training at night with Malpass, uh, Derek Stark, and uh, David uh, David Dodds when uh, he fell out with my with McLean. Dodds day was uh, part time for a while, so uh, again some great nights with Graham Law training us. Tremendous, the sprint old sprint coach, great guy Graham. So Kingsway. T- uh, Dawson Park on a on a Monday and a Thursday night. We used to use the street lights <laughs> for 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 lighting. That's that's what we had in those days. So uh, you know the you can see the quality of uh, Malpass because Morris was studying then. Mm-hmm. So that's why he 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 came in at uh, a few nights. Yeah, he was part time when he won the league, was he not? Correct. He was a Correct. part-time player, he was, yeah. Because he was, he was a clever boy. He studied, uh, I don't know what he studied, but uh, yeah, and, and I think uh, Starkey did a, a bit of uh, part-time as well. Mm. So, uh, you know, th- there wasn't many of us, but uh, the training was always good. What? what? So then, then, then Gordon Wallace uh, phoned the house to say uh, I had to be in uh, one Monday. Now, this Monday was a, a, a holiday Monday in Dundee, so Rembrandt was closed. So I phoned uh, up to say, look, sorry, I can't make it. I'll be in Tuesday night for training. So I go in on Tuesday night. McLean went, you were meant to be in yesterday. <laughs> I said, I phoned. And suddenly, you know, I was a wee, quiet, shy boy growing up. And suddenly you start working and you suddenly start to think you're a bit of a man, you know? So, <laughs> so I said to him, I phoned to tell tell you that uh, I couldn't make it. He says, where were you? I says, I was at the golf. He says, well, we're not interested in boys that don't want to play football, so uh, I got my release on the Thursday night. Jeez. <laughs> he certainly doesn't wait around, does he? Old, old job. <laughs> what what other names would have come through with you that have been uh, signings at the same time, apart from your Malpass starts that you mentioned? Any other notable ones? Well, Ke- Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Gallagher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kevin was uh, 
similar age. And, and Kevin was close to uh, not getting a, a contract initially. And then you've seen what happened to his career. Tremendous. But did Absolutely he mean it? Brilliant. Did he mean the goal? I mean, you're a goal scorer. You're going to say he meant the goal. <laughs> he'll, he'll certainly say he meant it. Uh, his pal Ricky Ross also but, said that he meant it, but we're not sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. sure. But it certainly... Uh, it certainly was uh, was a screamer, wasn't it? Oh, oh, unbelievable. Sure it was. So after so boys after, like boys like, a, boys like a Gordon McLeod, uh, wasn't wasn't too many local ones. My, my, my good mate Andy Hart, he was a young boy and got freed, uh, who's now obviously still a massive uh, United fan. Follows home and away, uh, but the a boy Brian Donaldson, the goalkeeper. Uh, he could have had a good good career because he played for Scotland under fifteens, I think it was, but uh, couldn't handle the, you know, the the wee gym disciplinarian stuff, mm. and uh, that's that's what happened to some of them, and other ones just n- never made it. So uh, for me, then to get freed suddenly, I look back and think maybe it was a weight off my shoulders when he when he actually freed me. And then suddenly I enjoyed my football. I played a, just over a season with uh, Dundee Stobbs well with, with a manager called Billy McGann and uh, f- thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. We had a really good team, actually. And, uh, and then Forfar and St. Johnson were keen to sign me. So I'd had two trials with Forfar, two with St. Johnson. And uh, this night, the St. Johnson, uh, or after a game on a Saturday, the St. Johnson scout says, Craig, can you come and uh, play for us on the, the Monday night? I says, okay, great, thanks. Uh, and then the Forfar scout phoned me on the Saturday night after that and said, Craig, can you come and uh, play in a reserve game on the Monday night? <laughs> so... I had a chat with my with my old man and said, uh, "Dad, what do you what do you think?" Uh, so we said that definitely Forfar was the the best club at the time for for uh, myself. We thought, and uh, so I played on the Monday for Forfar. I apologised uh, to the St Johnson and played, signed after the game, and made my debut with the first team on the Saturday. <laughs> some going were Forfar and St Johnson around about the same level at that time then uh, I think well uh, yeah maybe Forfar was slightly higher because so this was November 85 I signed for Forfar mm-hmm. a month before my 19th birthday so that season the last the last two games we had to win the last two games to get promoted to the Premier League. We lost it. Nice. We lost at Morton at Capelo and drew at Alloa. So that showed you again what a decent side we had at Forfar in those days. Mm-hmm. Really yeah. incredible. Yeah. You obviously stayed we, at, stayed at Forfar for a couple of years, but you played against United, didn't you? In '87. Yes, we. Well, we got a replay. The first uh, we got a replay. Kenny McDonald, two goals at Tannadice, two each. Yeah. To, well, did United, United scored a very late penalty in that game, did Ian not? Ferguson scored. Ian Ferguson, yeah. 
and then and that and did then, that was uh, that no in between the Barcelona games as well? Yes, you went you went away. I think you you went away or you just come back. Well, uh, well, the, the the midweek game. I think was yeah. it John Holt was it uh, was it Holt who scored the the winner in the uh, in the, the replay. replay. Oh, I think it was. I'm pretty sure it was two 0 But and the replay sticks in my mind because that John was Alan Main's debut. John Holt, John Holt sixty-nine scored. minutes, and you and you guys, you you guys missed two penalties that day. Is that right? Yeah. Ah, Craig, I don't know Craig, if it was a was it a Craig Brewster that missed them. Barry? Craig Brewster was subbed in both games. There you go. <laughs> yeah, maybe booked after ten minutes. <laughs> the, two, the two goals, the two goals that Kenny McDonald scored that day uh, for us at, at Tannerys, unbelievable. What, really good. what was it like you playing against United for Forfar? What was it like as a fan and whatever, getting your a taste of something like that? Well, it it was well, I was desperate to do well because Jim McLean had freed me, you know. So mm-hmm. he, Jim, Jim, uh, I think the relationship between myself and Jim McLean was great right from the start, and and uh, I think he wanted to give me a contract, but uh, no being fast enough he thought that would always hinder me. But, uh, and then he's obviously kept kept an eye on me over the years. And then, so I've spent a year at Stobbswell, six and a half at Forfar, two years at Wraith, and then Jim comes and tells me, you're signing. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, how, I, did it, how did it come about? Because I, well, I, I've heard that Hearts were interested well, in you as well at one point. Well, what happened was uh, my contract had, had uh, come an end at Wraith. I'd signed for two years. And so I was six and a half years at Forfar part-time. And I was two years at Wraith, but I was a year and a half part-time. So it was the last six months I went full-time. Mm-hmm. So, And suddenly when I went full-time, I suddenly looked forward to going to training instead of working all day. And, and, and training two, three nights a week. My outlook changed. and uh, But I, I had an absolute brilliant two years at race. You know, under working under Jimmy Nick, he was really good. And, and the players we had, we're a good team. So we got promoted to the Premier League in the second year. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jimmy was desperate to keep me. So, and, and Hearts had come in. Nicky Clark's dad, Sandy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Sandy was keen to sign me. But... Hearts were scared to go to tribunal with the the old uh, chairman Wallace Mercer. So uh, one Saturday morning, I had the the sports shop in uh, Muirhead. My mum mm-hmm. my mum owned the post office, and I rented the the front shop. So one Saturday morning, he comes in, uh, sticks his head round the door, and he goes, "Don't fucking sign." <laughs> and, and, and turns and walks out the door. Excuse the excuse the, excuse the language, but for uh, it's all right. Don't worry about it. So I, he walks. He, he opens the door. Says that walks back outside. So I go outside. He went. Don't sign. We're really keen. So then, then I'd. I'd uh, Obviously, I was excited, really excited. And uh, so I played, I got invited in for a week, I played one one uh, pre-season game against Falkirk, at Falkirk, a friendly game. 
And uh, because Jim had, had sort of was going upstairs and Ivan came in, it was it was a tough one for Ivan, I think, because Ivan didn't know Craig Brewster from Adams. Mm. So Jim's obviously watched my progress, bang, big big dunk had signed for Rangers for four plus million. And and Dundee United had signed me for 250 grand. And because Jimmy Nick was keen to keep me, I didn't want to keep going back to Wraith for training. So I didn't really have a, a good pre-season having one, played one game. So, and Jimmy Nick, it, it, I'd been a midfield player all my, all my days until uh, I went to Wraith after three months. He, he put me as a striker. So I'm a, a centre-forward now. And first game of the season, well, I've, I'd, signed, I'd signed the week before, trained a couple of days, and he put me left midfield against Aberdeen, first home game of the season. Yeah, I remember that. And, and uh, so, going from highs of, by the way, signing for Dundee United, brilliant, to suddenly the game, the game bypassing me. Yeah. And I was a mile off it. And uh, suddenly after the game, I thought, wow. You know, and, and suddenly people thinking, 250 grand for him. And uh, that it was a lonely place after that for a while because I was bombed. Uh, because Ivan's obviously thrown me in first game to show we Jim. And he's obviously said, oh, look at this. He's not good enough. So I go, I go uh, probably for another 12 games. So I'll never, I'll never forget the experience I had. It was Dundee United reserves playing against Celtic reserves. I think, I think it's one of only two games I've ever been not interested because Wraith were playing across the road against Dundee mm. in the Premier League, and I'm in the reserves against Celtic at Tannerings. Yeah. I'm thinking I should have been across there trying to score yeah. goals for Wraith, and I'm thinking. So after that game, uh, obviously I had a shocker, but the the mind wasn't on it. And uh, Luggy, who was a coach, on the Monday, I think, afternoon, ran me up and down the terrace in the Tannadice <laughs> all afternoon. And he said, Craig, he says, nothing to do with your fitness. So my fitness was obviously good. So I must have got back in uh, not long after that against Partick at home and I scored we drew two each that day but I scored mm-hmm. the first goal and suddenly started to to perform and that, and that was me from then on so from that point missing about 10 or 12 games to score 20 goals that season wasn't bad you know so uh, and then the the big the big game for me was the the Scottish Cup game against Motherwell at home? Incredible, two incredible goals. Right, Ronnie, that was. But you know when you see players first game of the season, you know the game bypasses you suddenly, no confidence, nothing. Mm. Those two goals, 
I thought I became a Dundee United player that day. Yeah. It was, mm-hmm. uh, see, if we just go back a wee bit to the to the summer. So if Jim McLean signed you, do you remember your first meeting with Ivan or anything? I mean, he's obviously like, all right, that you've been signed and and that's it. And I mean, I, I've never met him. I even knew he met him when he was back. Uh, we'll get to the Hall of Fame stuff. But I just remember, I mean, I'd have been... 12 years old, it was my first season ticket my granddad bought me, we're in the George Fox stand, blah blah blah, and Ivan's come in, and you're then reading and hearing about, you know, smelling flowers, and all this kind of stuff, and what a character, what was it like for you, you've come from Jimmy Nick to Ivan Golak, I mean, what's going on, what's the difference? <laughs> well, I, I, I think, having known what we Jim was like years before, but, you know, we had the players, Malpass, Bowman, McAnally, Welsh, uh, Andy McClam, Christian Daly, who had grown up pretty much with a Jim McLean, you know, disciplinarian, yep. yeah. you know, you must do this, you must do that. And suddenly, Ivan's come in and the whole, the whole ball game's changed. And he's trying to be calm. He's trying, and and the older players, you know, find this difficult when, you know, year in year out, it's it's the same. And suddenly, the whole ball game has changed mm. for them. It must have been really different. But f- from my point of view, I've obviously seen videos previous of Dundee United playing, so he would have known what. Uh, these boys were like, he didn't really, I don't think he knew nothing about myself. So, uh, just with the fact that uh, no play, no starting the season well, put then doubts in his mind. Mm. And it and it took a long time for me to change those doubts. Yeah. But I'll never forget, after that Motherwell game, he's, he's blown, he's blown smoke up my backside, I should be playing for Scotland and everything. That, that, was what Ivan was like, mm-hmm. and and in this in the, and obviously that ninety three ninety four season, my first season back was was pretty special in, in terms of to go Ibrox and beat them three 0 and I, Ivan's given it the yeah he predicted know, the, it before the game. It was in the papers on uh, on the Saturday morning. He said the Rangers team are too old. We're we're young. We're we're in form. We're going to beat them. And most United fans, I can remember thinking, shut your puss, Ivan. <laughs> didn't, I, didn't I mark them upset? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we're, we're no three nothing up in about 20 minutes 19 or something. 19 minutes, 19 minutes. 19 minutes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. See, and, what a day. And, Dave, Dave Bowman scored within a minute, didn't he, at Ibrox? Yes. Yeah, and then... It was, it was myself, Paddy and Bo, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you look at, I was just touching on that dressing room as well that you go into, Craig, you know, if you look at the uh, the first game against Aberdeen to even where it was, you know, the squads wouldn't have been massive then. But, you know, we start the season off against Aberdeen, like you say, Alan Main, Freddie van der Hoorn, Brian Welsh, Morris Malpass, Christian Daly, Alec Cleland, Dave Neri was, was still obviously there as well, Dave Bowman, Billy McKinley, Paddy Conley, yourself, and on the bench, Guido van der Kamp, Gary Bolin, and his first signing was Chris Myers, wasn't it? You'd never seen much of him, but yeah. what was that like as a dressing room to go in? Well, Davy Neri, just a class act, big mm-hmm. big sash, absolute, you know, just kept himself, himself, basically, 
just did his job to an extremely high standard day in, day out, and that's why he lasted so long, honestly. He was a, a real ultimate professional, Davey. And then you had uh, Morris Malpass again, another one. Consistently, you know, standards really, really high. Dave Bowman worked his absolute socks off, but he was the he was the character in the dressing room, you know. He was he was if there was anything going off, Bo was at the centre <laughs> of it. Is there a Dave Bowman story you could share? Even a clean one? I know there's no many. Uh, yeah, no, I just I just think there's so many, you know, he it was it was good good banter, really. And mm. uh, you know, I think uh him bringing the young boys he was sort of the mid-ages around that time and so the younger ones looked up to him as well you know and mm. and he he enjoyed uh, giving the young ones stick as well so it was uh, it was uh, a good atmosphere and on our day we were really good you know the consistency levels at times were were poor mm-hmm. but when when we when we hit form that year mm. on our day we were good. Was there pressure on, on you? Did you take it personally that you kind of signed as a replacement for Big Dunk who'd obviously went for massive money to Rangers? Uh, well, being a Dundee boy as well and having been at the club uh, previously, yeah, you, you've got expectations where, right, I've got to try and fill these shoes. Yeah. And uh, and after, after the first game, Fans are thick. Fans and everybody are thinking. Family, mates are thinking. Oh no, who have we signed? <laughs> so it it takes uh, it takes a lot of hard work to to uh, turn that round, mm-hmm. boys. And there wasn't there wasn't a lot of a lot of other signings that season, but two names that come in before Christmas: Gordon Petrich comes in and Jaron Nixon. Talk to us about those two. Two very different players and characters. Petrich was absolute class. Absolute yeah. man, man mountain. Uh, did you know it as soon as he come game? in? Like as soon as Petrich trained the first day, did you just know he's a player? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He never, he never, uh, the demands, the demands that, that uh, we set every day in training, you know, at times Gordy would just cruise you know, would never seemed as though he was really digging deep. But come a game, wow, mm-hmm. wow, he was he was uh, he was a real uh, good defender, strong, really strong. His debut, and, got, uh, we got beat for Motherwell in his debut. That's now. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and then Jaron, twenty million yeah, man. You just, you just never knew what. Uh, you got from Jern, you know, he could beat 10 players and pass it in the net. Mm-hmm. He was frustrating, but if he was on his day, game, he could uh, he could light up all the fans, you know? Mm-hmm. I think when he signed, uh, and before he actually played in the first team, he was playing in the reserves, and it must have been around about New Year or something, and there was quite a big crowd. I'm pretty sure that United played Dundee in this game, in the reserve game, and Jaron Nixon was absolutely brilliant. Like we, we, I was watching him thinking we have signed a superstar here but as you say on his day brilliant but his, his day wasn't often enough for my liking but yeah, well, he went after it on that's that's from a 
from a manager's point of view, they're, they're looking for trust in terms of, you know, trusting them every week to go in and do mm. the same things, whereas Jeremy was up one minute, yeah, down the next. And, and yeah. coming from Trinidad, it's a culture shock at times. Isn't it half? So, Trinidad to Dundee. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, they, in the they, winter. So... <laughs> It was. It was uh, after the cup final. We went to to uh, his homeland to Germans. So that that was. Uh, that was shock for you guys. That was brilliant. <laughs> uh, Scottish Cup then third round. We got Arbroath away. We have discussed Arbroath away on this podcast many times. Given the heartache <laughs> that we've had down there, it's never a good occasion. And on the day, you know, we're two 0 up and cruising. They get a goal. We get a goal. It's a wee bit nervy when they knock in the uh, the second, but was it a case of taking it every game as it come then? Although Ivan would tell you different because he knew we were winning that cup, it seemed. But it starts there well, at Gayfield in January. It was certainly a game of two halves. Uh, as as uh, usually the case down at Arbroath, the wind blows. Mm-hmm. And there was a strong wind blowing that day. Now, I probably scored... Uh, one of my goals of my season down there, but because it was never on uh, uh, camera, nobody ever seen it. So you can tell us about it, and people can that were there can back you up, or I'll call well, you. I remember, or... I remember uh, getting the ball about halfway line, bouncing a one-two with Scott Crab, and hitting this right foot strike. Honestly, I was quite happy with, with myself. <laughs> and, and then suddenly second half we were downwind first half suddenly our growth scored and it got it got a bit edgy and I think it was Billy McKinley did Billy Badger score? Mm-hmm. yeah yep. penalty yeah so Badger eh, with his goal calmed it down as well and and our growth that day made it uh, a nervy occasion for us mm-hmm. and uh... like, like, like all Scottish Cup Days with Dundee United fans, they turn out in great numbers. Yeah, that's that's their trophy, you know. So uh, six thousand at Gayfield that day, magic, absolutely brilliant. I remember it, it was quite a nice day, but it was uh, it was kind of blowing a hooli, <laughs> and by second half, it was really blowing, and we were against it. So our growth were just making us making us defend, you know? Yeah, and then we, we go into the fourth round, which is the start of the the replays, it seemed. Uh, and the weird one I never actually realised at this time, but we played Motherwell twice in a week. Played them the week in the league. Uh, we got beat 2-1, and then you have to play them in the cup. Is there a mindset difference there that they've already beaten us and then it was coming to the cup and then, well, we can talk about how good that day was, the day you said you become a player, but um, it was a performance that we should have won as well. But personally for you, Start with the two goals. The the uh, I think it was mother mother did Motherwell score early. Uh, Steve Kirk in the thirty first minute. Yeah, and then uh, I think it was Jim McAnally cut cut it back to me, and I've smashed it in the net. Honestly, I didn't realise how good I'd hit it until I until I see it back. On the TV because these stands so get that, built, then isn't it? These stands, that's it, stands. yes, yeah. yes. And then uh, we go in at half time, one each, and then second half, uh, somebody played the ball into me, uh, just about 20 yards, and I've just controlled it. And at the same time, 
I've I've uh, managed to hold off the defender, and it's just bouncing. I've rifled this uh, half vo half volley right through, right in front of the shed. Honestly, Sheep didn't even see it. He nearly got it. We're coming out the net like the first one. <laughs> Aye. Uh, we've discussed the goals on this podcast a while, uh, quite a few times, sorry, because uh, I can't remember what one it is, Craig, but these these goals are uh, Ronnie's favourite goals. They are, right? The what second, one is the, it this year's favourite? The second, second one. one. The chest control for uh, Paddy Connolly, the and then smashes it. It was, it was Paddy that played it into me, yes. Yeah. And I've went up with the defender as well, so as I've chested it down, boom, I've... I've uh, it's an inc incredible hit. Just... It just sat beautifully and I've caught it, absolutely smashed it in while the fans, the shed went mental. Right. So, mm -hmm. and, and, and that's what gives a player confidence. Mm. Right. So, you know, thinking we're, we're getting close to the next round, 90, 90... Oh, it's, it's late. Whatever minute. 92nd, right I think Right at the Motherwell, end. Motherwell have got a corner in and the ball's ricocheted and it's went in the net, so... Absolutely gutted. Uh, and I'll tell you what was, uh, I enjoyed the replay. I mind uh, going to the replay after after school on the bus. Did anyone know Brian Welsh had that in his locker on his weak <laughs> foot? Well, it certainly came in handy, didn't it? What a finish. <laughs> what a finish. Yeah. By the way, I think, did Davy Neri not play that night? Aye, cruised it. Yeah, he was it. in midfield. Cruised oh, it. He was in midfield that he night. Was Davy Neri was brilliant that night, wasn't he? <sighs> yeah. And the paint splatter on a slight, strip, wasn't it? I, I was waiting to say we wore the, the marble looking oh, away is top. This, is, that, is that not one of the worst? worst nah, that's one of the best strips, Greg. What are you talking I about? Love it. Oh, well, <laughs> I, look, I look back. I look back at myself wearing the, one of these strips. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. David Neri was thirty-seven that, that night. He was thirty-seven years old when he played in that game. Absolutely strolled it. Mm -hmm. What a player! But it was a, it was a hard fought match as well. But, but do you remember your view or where you were when Brian Welsh hit the ball, or did you just close your eyes close and think one. here we go? Close one, because I don't know if I if I played a one-two with him or I've set him up or I've just been around him when he's struck it with his right foot. Mm -hmm. But uh, what a finish! Oh, it was it was, and that was us. That was us off off and running. Then you know what I mean. We had what good momentum again. Yeah, then we go to play Airdrie in the next round. You want to tell us what happened? Yeah. <laughs> I remember that very well. Honestly, the referee, the referee that day, I was just jumping up for a ball. You know, as as mm -hmm. you do when you jump up and come across, you're trying to use your arms for leverage. And he, and he, uh, two bookings. And my, my mate was that drunk in, in the crowd that day. I don't think he knew I got sent off. <laughs> <laughs> But the game was a bit of a non-event, I think we can all agree. But again, back Absolutely. to Taradice and you miss out. Andy did you, McLaren, wasn't it? Yeah, Andy yes, McLaren Andy. and yeah. uh, Billy McKinley Billy, scored. Billy McKinley, did, you, yeah. did you go to the game? Would you have went? Like if you weren't in oh, the yeah, squad, would the, you go up? I was in the George Fox. <laughs> I was in the George Fox. <laughs> but back in the uh, supporters' way of being things rather but than I the football. I think it was, uh, I, th I think Andy McLaren scored an absolute uh, super strike that day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If I can recall. I think the thing, yeah, and good. Andy admitted it as well, you know, on his day, he was incredible. And that season, he played a huge part. I mean, we'll get to the final, but some of the stuff he was doing, but he was a young boy. He just said he was just confident. He was just playing. It's like he's playing with his mates sometimes. 
Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, Fearless, yeah. Absolutely. So we get through the Airdrie, Aberdeen. Uh, we go to uh, to Hamden, which was, again, there's only 21,000 there. It's one of them. The same should be played elsewhere. But how frustrating a day is it when John Burridge has the game of his life aged about 63 years old at the time? <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. He was good that day. Until about the 94th Welsh That's right. Yep. That's right. And it was... Um, Omens. I think I played the pass to Bo. Bo's hit a, hit a, a great cross in big Welsh What a header, by the way. Mm. Yeah, what a bullet header. header. He, he got well a in his bonuses header. that year. But um, what, do you, what do you remember much of the two, <laughs> the semi-finals? Because there was that, you know, obviously Guido had the, the fumble with the goal when it sneaked under him. Uh, and then we off to go to the replay, which was a horrible night as well. Jim McAnally took about 10 minutes to put it in the net and... What's the memory of the replay and how overjoyed or nervous were you as it was going on? <laughs> well, I think I think we had great belief after the first game with Welsh scoring so late. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, could this be? Could yeah, this be? This you know, and yeah, and you just you just had a feeling. I think the fans had a feeling as well that okay, we're getting close. And Aberdeen were a good side then as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so but we just we just had uh, good balance to the team, you know. We had good legs, we had good experience, and we were up and we were up for it. And again, we went to Hamden, no fear, and uh, yeah, really good performance. Uh, the final comes up, but talk us through what it's like the week leading up to the final because it's a, a quite a special occasion. And obviously, you've uh, Wraith beat us the, the week before, didn't they? Three, two, three, two, didn't they? Yeah, mm. yeah. And so it's not the greatest form going in, but what, what would the week been like? Or a, given Ivan was was brilliant value that week. Yeah, yeah, he was, and not that I can uh, remember that much, but I I do know we trained on the Thursday morning in Dundee, and went through to stay at the hotel in the afternoon at East Kilbride, and uh, on the Friday morning. I think we got taxis to this school, and we had to. Somebody had to climb over the the uh, the fence to uh, get us, allow us to to come in, open the gates, in taxis back to the hotel. So, can you? <laughs> and it was an ironic. It was an absolute scorcher of a day. So, uh, there was no curfew or anything. So. Uh, after lunch, uh, I'd met the, the club captain of East Kilbride Golf Club at the hotel. So he invites me down to East Kilbride Golf Club. So I'm hitting golf balls on the practice range at East Kilbride Golf Club in my tracksuit. <laughs> Honestly, it was just not a cloud in the sky. Some of the boys were at Glasgow races, Hamilton mm-hmm. races. Andy McLaren yep. told us that. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah. Some boys were at Hamilton races, and and one or two of them stayed uh, back at the hotel. So uh, get back to uh, tea time-ish. We have something to eat, and then the BBC cameras are in the hotel. Mm-hmm. And uh, BBC wanted to do a piece was so it was. You know, there's there's no panic of oh we've got a cup final the next day, 
you know, everybody's in a relaxed frame of mind. Ivan's telling the world we're, we're, we're winning this, you know, so no fear. Uh, you know, it, it, I think the when the cameras were there, you know, Bowman was up to his nonsense, uh, McAnally, <laughs> yeah. So they were creating a great, you know, a really good environment, happy, everybody's buzzing. So, and and at that time, Walter Walter Smith, the Rangers manager, had uh, banned his players from speaking to the press. And Rangers were on their double treble, weren't they? Yeah. Yes. Yep. So, it's it's going back maybe to the St Mirren Scottish Cup final where United were so much, uh, you know, expected to win. Where this time Rangers. Rangers were totally expected to win. But we just had a feeling, having beaten them 3-0 the previous months. And so going in, and Ivan, because it was Ivan compared with Wee Jim, probably Wee Jim is pure serious, no smile, everybody's, you know, nervous. Yeah. Yes. So Friday night, Friday night, everybody witnessed the Dundee United players, you know, Having a laugh, enjoying themselves, full full of beans. So match match day comes. I can remember Jim Spence uh, doing an interview with Jim on the bus going into Hamden, and then after that, it's pretty much uh, game. I just I look back at the game and think the way we started the game. I thought, by the way, everybody's up for this game. It was an incredible, Absolutely incredible everything. start. And how different was it going out just to see the the, the, the stadium full? Because it wasn't for the semi-final. You know, and that whole end of United fans as well. Well, you know, it, it was a sea of orange, right? Mm-hmm. And and it would have been, with the old, it was still the old uh, main stand at Hamden mm-hmm. that time. Yeah. So there wasn't a lot of fans in, in that bit because there was only so many could... Uh, be allowed to be in that area, but it was it was just a a focus. You know what I mean? That was it. Yeah, focus. And the game kicks off. It's a hundred miles an hour. Does it oh, pass you tackles. by? The tackles. <laughs> I remember uh, early early in the game, Rangers get a corner, and then we've cleared it. We've broke. I've I've played it, and Alec Alec Cleland, Alex right back. What are you doing up there, Alex? Uh, getting <laughs> fouled. That's what he was doing. Yeah, yeah, nearly had a penalty. <laughs> But but that showed you the passion from from uh, from everybody. Tackles mm-hmm. flying in, and uh, I think we were good value. Went in zero zero. So you're thinking, stay calm, stay calm. Is that the type uh, of thing Ivan would have said at halftime? Just calm, just do what you're doing. I think so. I think so. I can't really remember his uh, team talk, but uh, never got too flustered and. I think uh, maybe even more of a rant to say, by the way, we can win this, you know? Keep believing. And we go out second half. Big big Gordon's played a, a long ball. I've just flicked it on. Christian's chased it down. Ali Maxwell's kicked it into Christian. It's come back. He's dropped it. And as I've headed it, I've just continued my run. So as... As Christian is taking it, then it passed Ali. It's a tight angle by this time. 
So as the ball's coming, I'm going, oh yeah, oh, oh. Please come off the post. <laughs> but uh. Christian, Christian did brilliant. And uh, I just was the fortunate one to be in the right place at the right time. And that was off us, us off and running. And uh, all the fans behind the goal just... Uh, what was that moment like then? Because I, we, me and Ronnie can only dream of scoring a goal for United. Never mind a goal for United in a cup final in front of the United fans. Well, I'd, uh, I'd obviously been to five, at least five finals. Mm-hmm. You'd felt and, the pain. Yep, yep. And then suddenly, having, having uh, played the first game of the season and thinking, mile off it, to suddenly scoring your 20th goal of the season mm-hmm. and that's enough to win the Scottish Cup and first first time in United history to win the Scottish Cup and and as a group of players what a feeling what a yeah. feeling and you think we'll do this again you know mm-hmm. I think we all, we all sort of thought of that the game's obviously it's, the backs are against the wall a little bit as it goes on what's the relief like and the the excitement when the full time whistle finally goes You look back and I think I had a touch of cramp there on the 90th minute and just... Uh, I think I had a touch of cramp in the 90th minute as well, Craig. I th- I think up and doing the stairs. When the referee blew his whistle, uh, the... the uh, just the relief, because d- during the second half, the, the save that Guido's made from Mikhail Achenkov, yeah. I've, sun- I've stood... At the at the halfway line, I'm thinking this could be our day, and yeah. then big then big dunk comes on as a substitute, and I go no, no, please, please don't. Because <laughs> as United Cause fans, dunk, we'd seen that movie before. Because <laughs> yeah. dunk had had a hard time at Rangers, you know, mm-hmm. with, with with McCoyst and Hately being being uh, you know the double act they were it was difficult for Big Dunk to break in. So, again, conference, his first year at the club was tough. So, and I'm thinking, no, please don't, uh, please don't make that change. And uh, so, but apart from the Guido save, uh, we we held out, we held for him and, yeah, that was it. There was a couple of points that I only, on the day it passed you by, you know, I was 12 years old or whatever at the time, but the, uh, when I watched the back, because the BBC and, and YouTube and the, the club have been putting out all the old games recently, so we I watched the whole game back as it was. Nay commentary, which was really weird. There's two things in it, and Guido. There's the one that slips under him, and we're thinking semi-final over again. But there's a yep. point that we're right under the cosh, and he comes and claims a cross, and just grabs it, dives down. It's about 85th minute or whatever. And I look back in some of the other games, but when he come in for Alan Main, nobody really knew knew what to expect. He was outstanding, especially during the yep. cup run. But what a keeper yep. he was! Never wore any United gear either. Wore his own goalie top, his own gloves. Didn't matter. Whatever you want. <laughs> but he yep. was he was uh, he was brilliant in that game as well. One man that missed out that we have to mention: Billy McKinley. You've mentioned yep. him already. How good a player was he to play with? Well, Billy, Billy was a class act. Absolutely, and I think I think it proved that by by um, in his career playing for Blackburn, Fulham, 
You know what I mean? They're top top clubs, mm. top clubs. So he was a top player. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, and on you go. Yeah, with him getting that booking in the semi final, you know it's tough, and he missed out and. Because he, he he was uh, instrumental in a lot of games. Hit, well, my first game against Aberdeen, his his goal from about twenty Oops. yards was a strike. Yeah, yeah, he was he was a uh, a real good player. Yeah, real. I mean, good I, his suspension that day though did that, that opened the door for Davy Hanna. I didn't know, it and did. he was brilliant. He was absolutely yeah. immense that day. Davy, Davy, Jimmy, Mac, and Ali, and Davy Bowman, three midfielders. Uh, honestly, the energy the three of them had. Yeah. So that Davy Davy did himself proud that day. Apart from mm. apart from where the the very end, you know, yes. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, the young boy, he was just excited and yeah. yeah. But uh oh the performance that day was uh, absolutely Yeah, he was class. Raw. But yeah, every player that day produced. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Against against, against that Rangers team was who were just full of top internationalist mm. players. Well, the fact they were going for a, a, a double treble tells you how good that team was. Definitely. And I think that was uh, Walter's biggest biggest disappointment, losing that game. Yeah. The Full time comes, the cramps wore off. What's it like getting your hands on that trophy? Oh, it's great. Really. And then, you know, the then the old man... Uh, I meet him at uh, the the steps at Hamden, give him uh, my jersey, and he puts it on, and that's the best day of his life. He says to to me, you know. So he's away punching the air. We get on the bus back to the hotel in Dundee, uh, where there was going to be a a receptionist for us later. So some of us went home. Uh, some boys went to a few of the supporters' clubs with a trophy, which was fantastic. I had a a good few uh, relations from different parts of the country. So I went home for a couple of hours and then met everybody back. And then uh, then a, a good few Arabs... You sneak some in pills the, in. ...came into the party and, uh, yeah, it was a long night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it- Probably a long week for you because uh, after we won the cup, I, I can remember, I certainly got a picture with you uh, in the George Fox stand. That was and it. That, that was, was Tuesday or Wednesday, was it? The, the it, was the, it was midweek, yeah. It was midweek. Yes. But uh, the queue, I, I don't know if you earned extra money for having to do that or no, but that, I, I felt like I was in that queue for about four hours. <laughs> but it was all worth it because I've got a lovely picture. Yeah, yeah. But, well, these these uh, these things uh, don't come around too often and when they do, they're no. special. So mm. special for us, special for the fans. I, yeah. I, I tell you, one of, one of them as well, which was massive, the Sunday in the City Square. It's incredible. Oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't realise what was what was happening in terms of the amount of people that had turned up because we'd 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 uh, jumped on the bus at the hotel, came up round uh, and along into the city square, got off the bus, and we couldn't then see witness how many people there were. We just got sort of ushered in mm-hmm. to the hall. And then when you came out on the balcony, wow, there was boys up trees. There was boys... Boys on incredible. top of the Caird Hall. 
Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's an incredible moment for that. And then, like I say, you, you then go to the Trinidad and whatever. Is it true that Jim McLean was going mad because you scored your 20th goal that season because you were on a bonus? Uh, he certainly wasn't going mad. No, <laughs> no. He, he he came up to me. He come, came up to me at the end uh, of the game and just went absolutely brilliant. Oh well, that's that's high praise indeed from Jim. Yes, absolutely. He, I mean, I think deep down he was obviously over the moon. Clearly, personally, he'd been gutted it wasn't him given all the tries. But he must have raised a wee smile that day. I think he did. I think he did deep down. Having, having been in all these cup finals and, and never won, uh, you know, what an achievement he had at Dundee United. Mm-hmm. You know, the, 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 the legacy he built at the club, uh, you know, he was a, he was a winner. He, he drove people to, to oblivion. He drove people to, to, you know, to the highest standards they could possibly be. And, and I think deep down, a lot of people have got an absolute lot of respect for a man, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And other times, other the way he treated people, <laughs> you went, oh. But but that was him. That was what he wanted. He 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 wanted to succeed. Nothing was getting in his road. And uh, he always said that, uh, you know, once agents get a hold of the game, it, it's going to be tough. And and he, you know, back then. Dundee United dictated. Now, now it's now it's the players that dictate. If they've had a good season, the players can dictate now that okay, I'm off. Whereas back then, Dundee United had uh, hold over them like every other every other club. But now, the players certainly have uh, more a free reign now. To, yes, yeah. very much. Without without a doubt, obviously being Dundee United, the next season's never going to be the same, and. Uh, how did it feel the opening day of the season at Hibs when we got beat 5 0? That was uh that was a bit of a shock to us all. Oh, it was a shock to the system. Uh I think, you know, we're losing Guido. Guido Guido obviously was asking for so much money and the club uh wouldn't come up with it. So he left and we signed a guy, uh Jorgensen. Yeah. Nice guy, lovely guy, but uh uh, wasn't uh, the best of goalkeepers. Yeah. Alec Cleland got sent off after 10 minutes that day. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a disaster, wasn't it? Five. So that was the highs of the, the highs of the cup final to the following game, losing five. Yeah. And the thing is as well, we've spoken about it a lot on the, the podcast as well. There was obviously a lot of money getting spent back then. And I even spent a bit more money. It wasn't going great. 250 grand on one Ferrari, who I don't remember ever playing a game. And 300 grand on Sergio Gomes. And I remember him scoring at Tynecastle. Yeah. And I don't really remember him doing much else. We were going for it, but was the, do, do you feel as players that maybe the change in management come too late? Or, you know, because we were third bottom, I think, when Billy Kirkwood come in. which was a, And it was an overall pretty drab season. It certainly, it certainly was. You know, we had a few good games, but uh, predominantly we were we struggled to get that consistency. And uh, yeah, we uh, then Billy came in. Just I think it was just after the turn of the year, wasn't it? It's was about March, I think it was. Yeah, still, there wasn't a lot left, and 
It was still in our hands. Don't, don't get us wrong, but yes, still in our hands. But I don't, I don't think we did we, win, we never won a game, did we? No, no, we did. No, no. Struggled. See, at that point, then, what what are you feeling after you get relegated? Because you've had the high. Is is there a? Are you looking to possibly think I can move on, or were you committed to stay to get the club back up? Or oh, there was there was no thought of uh, no thought of leaving because I had a three year contract. Mm-hmm. That was it. Yeah. And you didn't. So, and your goal, the goals had dried up slightly that season as well. That's obviously a frustration for a for a striker. Yep. I I uh, I don't think Billy Kirkwood had the same uh, feeling for me than that Ivan did. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So these little things, and then uh, the start of the following season, uh, when we when we uh, start in the first division, I scored the first goal against Morton at home at Capelo. What a strike it was! One nil. And then they equalised. I think it was Derek McInnes that scored for Morton. One each. I'll check that. One each, and uh, and then I was then I was, he left me out for a, for a few games, and then I fractured my scaphoid down at uh, Stranraer, and I had a spooky on my arm for about six weeks. But I trained nearly every day. But mm. I just couldn't. I couldn't play, mm. and I think he realised with these six weeks that out that maybe he did need Craig Brewster. Because I was thinking we kind of we did go for it. Money was spent. You know, Ali Maxwell came in. Stephen Presley come on, come in for, th- and we've said it so many times seven hundred fifty thousand pounds. It's a lot of money for Dundee United, wasn't it? In the first division. In the- in the first yep. division, yeah. Sandy Robertson, he was quarter of a mil. You know, and then, yep. uh, you know, Gary McSwiggan and Owen Coyle come in and that's on the back of Billy McKinley going, which it was probably money the club couldn't turn down at the time. But you get yourself two new strike partners. Yeah, well, it, I think I think he tried, he tried Owen and uh, Swiggy to start with. I think that was what he wanted. And... Uh, I think the club, we struggled. So when I came back from fitness, he suddenly then put me and Swiggy up top. And uh, suddenly we were, I think he got, I think I scored about 16 or, and I think he got about 19, something like that. And Robbie Winters so, was around at the time as well, wasn't he? He was starting to really break through. He was, he was coming through. So, uh, the the partnership I had with Squiggy was good, mm-hmm. and then getting back up, getting back up uh, to the Premier League after a season was good. Yeah, and that was important. That was important. The, mm-hmm. We're getting to the playoffs. I mean, for fans that you know, especially at Tana. Hello, let's talk about Morton, Paul, because we've mentioned this before. Morton away, last day of the season. What is it? Was it still in our hands? Am I right in saying if we'd have won and Dufferman didn't win? we'd have won the league. Is that correct? Or have I totally made that up, Paul? I think that the the week before we played, we went to Morton, we had done Fermlin at home and, and they beat, beat us 1-0. Yeah, that, and we got beat, yeah. That was and it. I can't remember if that secured the title for them or if it was then literally in their hands. But uh, yeah, United took a big crowd through to Capelo that day. Uh, and it was a bit of a struggle at times as well. We'll get that to all draw. Aye. 
But anyway, the playoffs, the away legs won all. We need to focus on the home leg. It's unbelievable, wasn't it? <laughs> it was uh, a great night. It was uh, was it Welshie got the winner? Welshie and then Owen. Welshie took with Coyle. extra time in the last minute. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then Owen Coyle scores, which was just well. I think we were on the pitch really at full time. <laughs> <laughs> that they they are nervy occasions. No doubt. Playoffs. Yeah, and that, that no it, doubt. You know, there's so much, so much at stake. Mm-hmm. No, to lose the game, you don't even think of. It's only, come on, we got to win, got to win, got to win. Everybody so nervous, and then, you know, the crowd get uh, can get frustrated that uh, you're not on top of a game, or mm-hmm. and that that can seep through to the players. So the players really, a manager has to to uh, pick the right team when it comes to playoff games. You know, he has to get characters in the team that can handle the difficulties and, and the pressure. But uh, eventually we we seen it through and yeah, I can remember uh, a lot of happy fans after the game that night. Oh, it was incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, so we, we get back into the top league, you were out of contract and you were the first player to go in the, the Bosman. 112 appearances, 47 goals. Was the time right to try something new? I just, I just, I didn't have a Billy Kirkwood from from when Billy came in. I knew that he didn't really, you know, fancy me a hundred percent in terms of performance or ability. And uh, I could tell that in the contract that Dundee United offered me. And I'd never, Ronnie, I'd never had an agent. And I spoke to Ray McKinnon, and uh, Raymond. Raymond gave me the number of uh, the agent. So I spoke to him and he went, Greg, I'm going away to Greece with Stephen Tweed. And he said, I'll come back in three days' time. I'll, I'll get on the case when I come back. So that's what he did. Blair, uh, Blair Morgan uh, took Stephen to, to Greece. So after a day, Blair phones me. And he says, a Greek club want you. I went, what? <laughs> I says, a Greek, Greek club want you. Yeah, they've done their homework. So they want to sign you for a year. And it just felt right. And I knew somebody wanted me. And it's, you know, when, when players are in a position that, you know, where somebody really wants, wants you, then it's important. It was strange when I went when I went to Germany to to meet Greece. It was a uh, the manager at the time of Yoni Kos was Oleg Blochin, who was an ex European Football of the Year in the seventies. The old USSR left winger Ronnie, what a player by the way. Mm-hmm. And and when I when I met him, he he didn't know me from Adam. So you know, met him at the hotel just before training. And, uh, you know, Russian, you know, straight-laced, didn't smile. He's thinking, who's this Scottish centre-forward was signed? <laughs> after, after the first training session, I could tell that uh, he was a bit uh, more happy. I think he, he sensed that uh, he'd seen that uh, I could certainly handle myself own. and play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and that it's just getting feelings uh, with managers, clubs. I just got a feeling, and and that's why I left. The, the, the 
I felt, you know, having having scored uh, 47 goals in three seasons, that uh, I would be worth worth something. No, just mm-hmm. uh, no, just the the contract that got offered, and 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 that's why I left. Simple as that. You must enjoy it. You stayed, how- stayed there for five years as well. Five years. Well, yeah. I, I, I signed for one year, I signed for another one year, and then I signed a three-year. And what was the experience like overall? Uh, it was good. Yeah, here, different. Like, in in Scottish-English football, it, it can be, you know, get the ball down, get it wide, get it in the box. We're in there, more possession-based football. A bit frustrating. As a centre-forward, I kind of lost the plot a few times with, with full-backs and wingers trying to, you know, dribble, dribble, dribble. Oi! <laughs> but I think, I think, I think the Greeks appreciated that I just didn't go there just to pick up some money. I went there to be part of their team, part mm-hmm. of their culture. You know, and I and I, I fought with them. And, and again, we had a really good team. I played for a small club, but we finished fifth twice in the Greek league. Got beaten the the cup final from from AK Athens. So. For a for a small club like Yoni Cost to finish fifth, got into Europe. So, you know, over the piece, again, it was another uh, successful five years for me. Mm-hmm. I've been asked to, or I've been, yeah, I've been asked to ask you, what was Stephen Tweed's name, a nickname over in Greece? Did he have a funny nickname? Big, big Tweedy. Was, oh. <laughs> big, big, well, what the, the problem with Stephen was. That uh, he got injured a couple of times, and and key key uh, key times we played. He got he got into the team just before Christmas, and then he said to me on the on the flight back at Christmas because we always had a two week break. I think I've done my leg again. So uh, when we when we came back in January, uh, he obviously told the manager that he was injured again. So. Uh, that that didn't uh, go down too well, so he found it difficult after that. And in 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 Greece, in a few different countries, trying to get money at times is difficult. Mm-hmm. In five years, in five years, I never had one problem. Uh, but Stephen had to, I think, go through UEFA to try and uh, get his last couple of months' salaries. You know, so it was it was a tough. Tough time, but I think he enjoyed the experience. Yeah. Why why would that be the case then? Why would two players in the same team have completely different contrasting experiences of picking up their wage? Like if you're saying you never had a problem and your teammate he's he's saying loads of bother getting them. How do, why does that happen? I think probably Paul because uh, uh I played in, in Stephen never because of injury, right. so Okay. That's basically that that's basically why, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and after five years, you come back, you keep playing as well, and then the kind of player manager uh, at, at Inverness was it the right time for you to to go into to the management, or was it right place, right time? Well, I was I was probably fortunate. What happened was when I I've probably played uh, or the longer my careers went, the more recognition I've had. Mm-hmm. So when I went to Greece at 29, I was a good age. You know, I could handle uh, different situations. Whereas if you're a young boy going abroad, you know, you're missing this, missing that. 
feeling homesick. You know, I could I could handle all that. So, uh, so when I came back at 34, I had to go on trial with with Big McLeish to Hibs in France for a week, and uh, he'd signed me for a year. Then Jimmy Calderwood came in and offered me a two-year contract at 35, which you know raised a few eyebrows. So then. Uh, he left to go to Aberdeen. I'd stayed at Dunfermline for nearly two and a half years. Mm-hmm. And Inver- Inverness came. John Robertson went to his boyhood club, Hearts, as manager. So that was that was after about three or four months. I think it was uh, October 2004. Inverness, Cali's first year in the Premier League. And everybody t- tipped Inverness to go down. And uh, from from when I arrived, I ju- it just it just felt right. From from Graham Bennett coming to see me, the director of football Inverness coming to see me at Dunfermline and saying we want you to be the player manager, uh, but I couldn't play until the January. Mm-hmm. So. But it just felt right. Mm-hmm. So I arrived in Inverness. The reaction I got from the players was uh, simply magnificent. So the work they put in, and uh, you know, away we played our home games at uh, Aberdeen because the stadium wasn't ready, mm-hmm. yeah. wasn't big enough. You know, wasn't enough seats for 6,000 capacity in those days. So we had to play our home games for the first six months at Aberdeen. And uh, my my first game was away to Hibs, home to Rangers, home to Hearts. So it's quite a tough existence. So went to Hibs and the response I got from the players and we got beat 2-1 that day. I suddenly thought, by the way, Inverness are a right good team. So Rangers at home, Graham Bain scored after 10 minutes and then Dado Perso scored with about four minutes to go and suddenly the Inverness players got a real belief and and it was really from being a player one day to go and being a, a player manager the next not that I could play, but just the response you got from a group of players mm-hmm. was was uh, different class, and uh, it just it just kept going. And so then we've got the game before the playoff, Ronnie. So we need to win by three clear goals, three or three or four clear goals against Dundee, Inverness to reach the top six. We're 3-0 up. <laughs> first half, again, first half that day, we were simply unbelievable. And it could have been four or five. I think it was Jim Duff, it was Duff the manager. Probably around that time, possibly, yeah. And, and we lost two goals the second half. We won 3-2. And we missed out on the top six first year in the Premier League 
by by goal difference. Mm. So there is from from a manager's point of view, from a group of players working that hard was great. Mm. And then obviously last game of the season at home against Dundee United. And United had a lot of big players in the team. And and United won one 0 to a penalty. And that 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 kept that kept you boys in the Premier League. Now, yes. So then, uh, the next season, halfway through, Dundee United won Craig Brewster. So I looked at it, and over the years, United United has struggled for a few years, and I just thought somebody's got to get United right. So I met Eddie Thompson, and I'll be honest, I never got a good vibe, but I just felt somebody has to get United right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, first first home game, home Aberdeen, Tannadice is rocking. Yeah. And, massively, uh, massively rocking that time. It's yeah. Like a, it was like a homecoming. Yeah. And the response I got was just unbelievable. I looked at it and Malky, my assistant, said, this is it, this is it. And I still wasn't 100% convinced. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, sometimes you get a good vibe and, and other times I didn't. So, first game, I go, I come on the park after about 55 minutes mm-hmm. and I hobble off after 87, fractured my tibia. Yeah. Now, and it was a manager a, and, and- on... It was completely innocuous as well. I think you just went up for a header with Russell Anderson or something. I just fell. I went up for a header with Russell. I fell on top of his ankle and Mm -hmm. I went over mine. And and that's what I was, fracture my tibia. So a manager on crutches isn't isn't a great uh, thing. And it it just was a, a period at Dundee United where the season before, you know, you'd had to win the last game to stay in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. And too many players were on big money and with uh, not a lot of uh, input for yeah. me. Yeah, I mean, were I think, you, were I you think not told to cut the wage bill at all? Were you not told to try and take some, some money off the wage bill in quite considerable amount? Well, definitely. So, I'd, I'd signed uh, Noel Hunt. Mm-hmm. That was in the summer uh, he come in, wasn't it? Hunt come in. Yes. Yeah. 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 Craig Conway. So mm-hmm. I in in the ten months uh, of my time at Dundee United, I think I'd signed about seven players. Mm-hmm. I think after after me, Craig Levine signed about nearly forty. You know. Yeah. It, 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 for me, I needed a goalkeeper and a centre back, and I think those two would have kept me in a job, but uh, it never transpired. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How frustrating was the kind of period? for you as well you know being a being a fan and even taking the fan hat off it was I mean it's, it, for other fans watching I mean, we felt for you as well given the everything you'd given us in 94 but just such a frustrating time over the the, the, the 10 months that it was well you know the first game I fractured my tibia then then we get to the end of the season and and, and I told a few players that uh their time was up at Dundee United. I probably told them too early. That was a that was probably a lack of experience. But one 
one that you you find out. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd signed, you know, Hunt, Conway, Calvinez. Those three players went and played in the English Premier League. Never mind mm-hmm. that. Christian Calvinez is an unsung hero for United. Yeah. Super. So, so, so the uh, the 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 time. So we get to the end of the season, and so pre-season goes really well. Players are quite happy. Uh, there's a couple still in the building that were were nearly out, but they were still hanging around. So the first game at home against Falkirk. So we were we were extremely poor that day, performance-wise. Falkirk win three-one, I think it was two-one. So two one. Yeah. So after the after the game, uh, Eddie's so called uh, you know ran in front of the press and uh, saying that uh, oh, Brewster's hopeless. This, that, and the next thing. So I said to him on the Monday morning, I said, Chairman, I'll go. No, 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 no. We need to back you now. This is the exact words. We need to back you now. So Christian Calvinez was signed. We go Ibrox the following game, 2 0 up. And then we drew, draw 2 2. So, mm-hmm. and then it was always a struggle. Always a struggle. Just, you know, training facilities. We trained at North End uh, one day. Violet the next, and uh, so I got uh, a few meetings with uh, people at St Andrews University. So what to fight to get in there? So we got eventually got got the club into St Andrews University to train. Still there to this day. Well, Craig Levine came and he pulled the plug, and then they went back so many months later. Because I'm a, I'm a Dundee boy, Paul, and I know all the places in Dundee. Mm-hmm. And there's no decent facilities that were available. So, hence the reason going to a place that was a really good facility and wasn't too far. But Craig obviously came in and thought, nah, nah, we need to train closer. But there's nothing closer. So that's where the club went back mm-hmm. and, and, and are still there to this day. So, you know, the, the things I did behind the scenes for the club, I think, are, are still maybe evident. But, you know, the, 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 the results were shocking. I, I, I think cool. one thing that does it's like you say you mentioned the players you know Noel Hunt Stephen Roberts really unlucky with injury Craig Conway went on you know 2010's massive for him Calvin has come in and to be fair you gave a chance to a boy called Lee Wilkie who went on to have a good couple of years and, and regardless I mean Danny Swanson was on last the other week and I mean he said you know Lee Wilkie's knee was a mess how he was able to play but with the rehab and that he got and taking the chance he, he then went on to have a good a good couple of years and uh, you mentioned, like say, the results there, Craig, they weren't good enough. The last month, I think, must have been the time when it was getting really bad, you know, the October. You know, was it a case for you, are you dead man walking as such? Or is it Absolutely. still trying to do as best you can? Absolutely. The the for me, just before just before I go on that, 
you know, Darren Dodds, I tried to sign Darren Dodds, right? Twice. Couldn't get him. Craig Levine signs him for nothing. He was a stalwart. Yeah. Yep. You know, people, If sometimes you have to close your eyes and watch Darren, Darren Dodds play football at times. But an absolute uh, character, an absolute winner, fantastic to be around the place. And, and he would have been brilliant for me, but I never, I never, I got, the, never got the chance to work with him at Dundee United because he was un- mm-hmm. unbelievable for me at Inverness. Whereas Craig signed him for nothing, and and he got nearly four years out of Dan Dodds. So yeah. that was that was another one. But going going on the last the last game at uh, Falkirk, for me, I just I just try to play the uh, uh, some of the younger ones because it it was inevitable. Did you know it was you coming? Know, I was, was that the feeling you absolutely. had? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You got you, you got a feeling. I just uh, knew that it was difficult to turn round. You know the 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 the, the pressure uh, on myself and the players. You know it, it had to get that full full t- turn round because you know you no know, the the old chairman uh, Eddie. You know, he wanted to sign big name players. You know, and the agents, agents were like that. They were rubbing their hands. Mm-hmm. So a lot, a lot of money was spent. And uh, I tried to say to him when I came in, well, you don't have to spend all these sums of money. You know, as, as long as you, you know, we can spend it wisely rather than just because he's a name or coming to the end of his career. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to you have to delve further. You know, maybe maybe one player played well against Dundee United, and, and uh, the chairman then would say, "Oh, he's a great player. We need to sign him." It's it's no it's no about that. You know, mm-hmm. you need to do your homework sometimes. Because mm. I think one thing as well that comes out, you gave boys like uh, David Goobley a chance. Well, I gave uh, Goody start. He was a, he was a proper player, Goody. Oh, Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, d- Unbelievable. Just and him and him and. Uh, Craig Conway in the the uh, twenty ten, you know, mm. winning it for United, brilliant, absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And so, what was it like when, when the the call comes to to end your reign at United? What do, do you remember much of the day? Is it about a blur? Is it? It was just the following morning, Sunday morning after the Falkirk game. That was it, you know. And again, in in football, when when you're a a, a top player and you leave, you disappoint people. And then when when you leave and and uh, you've not done well, you disappoint people as well. You know, sometimes it's a it's a hard one. Mm-hmm. But I just I just I just felt that uh, Dundee United were not getting a couple of players that were were crucial to me, and not getting a great feeling at the start. Fracture my tibia, but I think I'd, I've done a you know a few things behind the scenes that uh, have helped United as well. And I, I tried to to uh, bring in a, a few younger players that had a, a bit of desire, but uh, they just needed a wee bit of help with guidance. And, and uh, Clay Levine came in and, and kicked it on from there. He did well. Mm. And so after, after that, you actually went back playing. Was it just to be back involved? Well, I like to keep myself fit. And... Uh, it was uh, just short of my 40th birthday when I lost my job. 
So I went to see my mate in Australia and uh, came back for my 40th in December. And Jimmy Calderwood and Jimmy Nick gave me a shout. So they thought I was going to Aberdeen to just be, you know, around the, the training ground, that type of thing. I didn't think they expected me to play as many games as I did. Mm-hmm. So I uh, I went in there and and obviously played a lot more. And uh, was it were you forty three when you finally gave up the boots, hung the boots up? I think it was, I think it was forty two. I think it's unbelievable as well. But Paul worked something out, didn't you? About two thousand and ten, Paul. Yes, well, the second time that United uh, won the Scottish Cup, you were there as well. I was Obviously, in the frozen dugout. That's correct, yes, that's correct. You you were, uh, I think, was it Derek Adams' right-hand man at that point? Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, so, we, so anytime United get to a Scottish Cup final, what I'm trying to say is we need Craig Brewster in the ground. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you need to remain professional during that, but what is that like being on the opposite side in 2010? You know, you're trying to do a job for Ross County, but... What I, what I can remember in 2010 was the fact of so many United fans. Yeah. It was incredible because the uh, the 94 Cup final, obviously, half and half, okay? Yeah. But United had about three quarters. And it was incredible. Mm. Everybody in orange. Because you were believing that day you were winning. Yes. And two, two boys... You were, that you, you, were going, you were going to Hamden in 94 thinking... Hoping. This, yeah. Yes. Yes. Hoping. And, and, and you're going to that cup final in 2010 thinking, we're winning this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the thing is for Definitely. for uh, for from the Ross County side of it though, just to see the amount of fans that had went for there for them because they'd beat Celtic in the semi final as well. I mean, mm-hmm. what a, what, what a perfor- achievement! What a performance uh, Ross County gave that day against uh, Celtic. Brilliant, absolutely I think, brilliant. I think I think Neil Lennon was caretaker at the time. Yes, yeah, He'd just taken over, and, and uh, he was. He he went he went through them like a. Well, you can <laughs> we imagine like a, few, Bowman challenge. A, few, a few words were said, I think, uh, in the press about his players that day after after that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, after that, you've obviously you went down south and done bits and bobs. What are you up to these days? These days, I am current. Well, I was before uh, lockdown. I was director of football at my local club, Horsham Football Club, who play in uh, a league. Uh, was it the fifth, uh, seventh tier in English football? So, cut two leagues, three leagues below Crawley Town, and it's just a part-time club. It's a brand new, a brand new facility. Honestly, really good. This is our first year in the league, and uh, we were always just in around the playoffs, but just dropped off at the end. So, what my role at the club is now is trying to get a pathway for the youth kids through eventually into the first team. Mm-hmm. It's only it's only a part-time club, so it, uh, it'll take probably a few years. And also, uh, my mate has a kids' academy down at uh, Eastbourne, so I go down there a couple of times a week and do a bit. So I, I, I do a bit here and there. I was back in at Crawley just over a year ago for a short period of time again. But... Uh, 
at the minute uh, not in the professional game mm-hmm. and uh, t- to finish things off as round off we'll take you full circle February 2019 inducted into the Dundee United Hall of Fame it's a decent honour you're in decent company up there yeah it was and it was an amazing night great honour and uh, yeah thoroughly enjoyed being there seeing everybody the reception I got was just magnificent really good the video's on YouTube uh, but it's hard to hear what well, you're saying because they just keep singing your song I know yeah. I know <laughs> well I, I, I got I was the last inductee so it was kind of later on in the evening so a, a lot of pots, alcohol had been consumed a few pots had been down because <laughs> Ivan so, went so in as well didn't he hence the noise myself and Ivan yeah, yeah. that was good Great night. When Absolutely. was well, I've, I've got a question that the, I think everybody wants to know. Uh, when was the last time you've had to buy a drink in Dundee? Nineteen ninety-three, maybe. Every every, t- every time with my mates. <laughs> <laughs> they heart boys, what they are, but. <laughs> Listen, Craig. It's been an absolute pleasure to uh, to look back on your United career. Obviously, ninety-four lives long and, and what we did and you know me and Paul have said it we've discussed our heroes and whatever and I've been quite open and honest and said and now I've had, I've had two of my heroes on there being Andy McLaren and yourself and especially that year alone it's been great to to look back and if you be so honest about the managerial side of it as well you know I was a young aspiring sports journalist back then and having to watch all that was was, was hard going as well but uh, you know the memories like for that and you'll not have to buy a drink Unless Paul's buying, because that doesn't happen often. But, uh, oh, I, Good you know, <laughs> just thanks very much just for giving up time on a, when everything that's going on to, to look back. And it, it's been great. It's been absolutely brilliant. Well, it's uh, it's nice to be remembered. You know, that's the that's the good thing. And uh, it's not often I get back up to Dundee as well now to see mum and sister. But uh, it's, it's certainly good to speak to everybody and, Delighted you you called me to invite me on. And next time, pleasure. Next time you're up, it's a Premiership club again. Hopefully. Well, <laughs> let's let's hope uh, Lawrence can buy in a few goals this season again and and keep his career going, and uh, the the club keep inspiring up the way. I think the you know the the board, the chairman certainly have uh, big ideas for the club. And uh, let's hope they they can keep uh, pushing them forward. So thank you very much to Craig Brewster and uh, a big thank you also to one of my old gaffers in the NCR, Dave Hart. Uh, It was Dave that's, uh, Dave's good friends with Craig and he got in touch with me a few weeks back just to say, how about you hear Craig on the podcast? Obviously, we weren't going to say no to that. So that was very much appreciated setting up that and Craig himself was uh, was great to deal with. We just sounded him out. I think Dave Dave Hart probably put in a word for her. Uh, he was happy to come on and speak. And uh, you could tell he still loves United. There's there's no doubt about that. But uh, he seems to be enjoying life down south. Yeah, definitely. Thank you very much. And uh, it was good to chat. You know, one of my kind of all-time United heroes. And uh, yeah, he was great. So, uh, what's been a very random episode, let's finish off as we do with On This Day, in association with the Arab Archive, preserving the history of Dundee United Football Club since 2006. It's the last of our United-tinged Scotland games. 
uh, as we never made it past the group stage, mainly. Three games to tell you about and four signings. We will begin on uh, the 20th of June, 1983, because, well, we need to give a couple of days uh, grace for this. Um, It was the third of a series of matches in Canada. Uh, Scotland won 2-0 in Toronto. Dave Neri won his 25th cap. Richard Goff is 7th, Paul Sturrock is 13th. They all started the game and former United star Andy Gray grabbed both goals in the first half. Staying with the 20th of June, but this time 1990 and following the national side's win over Sweden, Scotland faced Brazil in their final group match. Uh, it was at the Italia 90. And knowing a point would see them qualify for the knockout stages, uh, United's most capped player, Morris Malpass, had a solid performance as the Scots held out to the 82nd minute and being Scotland, you know how this went. Uh, Brazil equalised through substitute Muller, who clearly sounds yeah. German. He, he, no, I remember that game. I remember that goal as well. That was an absolute signal. <laughs> Typical Scotland. And uh, moving to this date, the 22nd of June, but 1982, a familiar scenario for this time of year. Scotland need to win their final group stage match to progress to the next round of the World Cup, this time in Spain. You can't know this is going to end. Uh, Dave Neri started his third game of the tournament as Joe Jordan scored for the third World Cup running, pouncing to give Scotland a first-half lead. However, two goals from the Russians in second half and an 87th-minute equaliser from Graham Souness meant the Scots went home on goal difference. It's great being a Scotland football fan. That. It's great. I think the players, the players just get homesick. That can be the only explanation. This one, I get him. Uh, the first of four signings to tell you about. We head to 1979 after a fallout with first choice United keeper Hamish McAlpine. Manager Jim McLean approached Peter Benetti about the idea of coming out of retirement. And with Clyde and St Johnston showing interest, the 39-year-old keeper signed on at Tannadice, starting the first three games of the season. He was then used as backup after the return of McAlpine, playing a total of seven matches. And after making a few reserve appearances, he was released at the end of the season. Next up, a man who's been talked about a few times in this podcast, and also wanted to batter Danny Swanson. He was a regular in the lineup for three seasons, Darren Dodds was signed on this day in 2007 and went on to make 100 appearances, scoring six goals. <laughs> he done all right. To 2014, a player who's a graduate of the United Academy based at St John's High School, a fourth-year pupil, he played in all three of Scotland's schools' games during their Victory Shield triumph in 2013, scoring twice. He made 20 appearances for the first team before heading south. Ali Coote was signed on this day in 2014 now playing alongside Matty Smith and Scott Allardyce for Waterford United in the League of Ireland you're shaking off your head that's, Paul that's crazy he was a good player Better. he had a lot of potential I cannot believe he's over there mm-hmm. I take it he's only on loan no no he's there he got he released before Brentford released him that's incredible something's went wrong there yep hey ho and to June 2016 this man became United manager Paul, uh, Paul, no, United manager Ray McKinnon's second signing of the 2016-17 preseason went on to make 49 appearances for the club and against Dunfermline on the September the 10th, 2016, recorded his place in United history by saving three penalty kicks during the first half of the game. Signed on this day in 2016 was Cami Bell. What a game that was, eh? And then we'd try to sell him on Twitter. <laughs> Correct, because that's what we used to do. <laughs> Oh. That's who we. Uh, well, uh, I feel like I've already said 
uh, cheers to you, Ron, and I'll, I'll speak to you in a couple of days. <laughs> Because I have. That's exactly what's happened. We've, we've already done this shit today and it again. Oh, uh, so. It's been a strange one. Uh, it's been very much a very strange episode, which was meant to celebrate our year. Uh, episode 52. Thank you very much to everyone who has supported since either episode one, episode 10, 50, whenever uh, you've listened to it. Thank you very much as always. Uh, do get in touch. Let us know what you're thinking on the social media. We're at Dode Fox Podcast. Uh, and like you say, if you missed it at the start, we had recorded the episode. Nothing much. We just made stuff up as usual. Uh, but things like, uh, if you are still listening at this point, you didn't turn off after um, Craig Booster finished. Uh, season tickets over 5,000 sold. Welcome, oh, yeah. welcome back if you're renewing for last season or you've not been for five seasons or you've just bought your first one. Uh, cardboard cutouts are now available, 25 quid. Paul said he was thinking about buying in, but he's definitely buying in now. I know you will. Definitely uh, buying two. Uh, a bid was made for Kevin Nisbet for 250 grand, which I spoke about. The rumour mill, Alex Gogic was linked. Uh, we had seven players in the uh, SPFL team of the year. Uh, for the academy, Louis and um, Declan Glass we're on this week's masterclass and the ink was finally put on the contracts of Dennis and uh, Kieran Freeman and once again thank you very much to those who have voted for us in the British Podcast Awards uh, that has been it from an absolute crazy episode uh, that uh, at the start when we first started we were looking forward to and now by the end of it not officially yet as we end this at 26 minutes past 7 but we've lost our gaffer it seems hey onwards we'll be alright do get in onwards. touch and uh, we'll be back next week. Let's see what a fun-filled week we've got ahead of us. Podcast.